Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Akugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be talking with individuals from around the soccer world, learning about their stories and getting their unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Uh, this week, we'll be talking with a very special guest, founder and creative director of Hyphenate Creative Co., Raheem Taylor Parks. Um, we're going to be getting to know all about Raheem, talking about his career and learning about his entrepreneurial endeavors. Raheem someone that I've had the fortune and pleasure of meeting uh, when he was just a young pup. Now he's a big dog in the game. Uh, Raheem, how you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling great, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Just reminiscing about our old days. You know, when I was in the academy, you're on the first team, just looking up to you, man. So it's a pleasure to be here today. Man, like, yeah, life really comes full circle because uh, I, I started seeing you again. I was like, yo, I know this cat. I know this cat. And then, uh, so I'm excited to get into the, your story. But, L, let's hit it off how we always do. For sure. So, Two Truths in a Cap, if you're not familiar with the show, this is the icebreaker game that we like to play where our guest, Raheem, tells us three facts about himself. Two will be true, one will be a lie, and Moby and I have to guess what the lie is. So, I think it's still 4-1, Moby. Yeah, it's 4-1. Still up? All right, yeah. I, got, I got some catching up to do. So, Raheem, whenever you're ready, bro. All right, these are my three, okay. I was on trial with Arsenal as a youngster. My name comes from a movie, and I played for the Jamaican national team. Oh, he came prepared. See how quickly he came out with this? <sighs> it might be, I'm trying to trick y'all a little bit. Yeah. The name comes from a movie, Raheem. What movies came out around that time? You're like in 96? 98. Oh, my goodness. Y'all so young. 98, what's that, like Inkwell or something like that? One of the movies. Raheem, it's like. Um, I'm going to say on trial at Arsenal is the cat. I think you're an Arsenal fan, which would be great. But um, I think that's the cat, though. Okay. That's my guess. Yeah, I think that's the cat. Well, he is Jamaican, so he could go to England at a younger age. But I think it was like somewhere in Germany or somewhere he went to trial. So, yeah, I'm agreeing with that. All one. right, so you guys want the answer? Yeah. Damn, clearly we got it wrong, okay. I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was true. I did go on trial at Arsenal, so you guys damn. you guys missed that oh, one. Oh, damn. Yeah, you guys missed that one. And then um, my name does come from a movie, actually. So the movie Juice. I thought, yeah, I, oh my goodness, I was going to say that. There was a character, Raheem. Yep. Like, he, she, who shot Raheem? Yeah. Okay, so, like, that's where my name comes from. So okay. Like, also, my, my aunt used to call me, like, Radio Raheem from Do the Right Thing with Spike Lee, the Spike Lee movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then the lie, actually, is that I did not play on the Jamaican national team at all. I only played for Canada and the U.S. youth national teams. I didn't play for Canada. I mean, I didn't uh, play for Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's good. We both yeah. That was a good one, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you gave us a little history lesson. Um, you know, you could have played for Jamaica, but you played for Canada and U.S. But when did you fall in love with soccer? My, the way I fell in love with soccer was kind of crazy. So when I was eight years old, I, I was still living in Canada at the time. And my mom and dad, they actually did track and field. So I always had, like, natural athletic abilities. I always realized that, like, I was kind of faster. You know, you race kids in your grade and stuff. And you're like, you know, like, whoever the fastest kid is would be, like, one of the most popular and stuff. But um, I was, like, I was always just, like, kind of, like, a really athletic guy. And, like, a couple of my friends were playing soccer outside in Canada. And, like, I just really loved the sport. Like, I don't know where it came from at all. Like, we were just playing on the street. And I remember, like, going into the kitchen when we were living in, in uh, Mississauga at the time. And I, like, 
grab my mom's dress and I'm like, yo, mom, like, I really want you to like sign me up for soccer. Like, I feel like I'm naturally good at the sport. Mm -hmm. And like, my mom's like, like a Caribbean mother. She's like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, get away from me. Like, you know, she's not trying to listen to it. But then she actually did tell my dad. So they actually signed me up for like my first like rec league, like soccer team in, in, in Toronto. So that's when I first started playing like at age eight. And like, I kind of was just really good at it from the beginning. Like, you know, I was just really pacey, could just get in behind. And just like, when you're that age, like, no one's going to be that fast. So you just score a lot. Yeah. So that's kind of like my beginning into the sport and just falling in love with the game, really. Okay. So you're, you're boys with a lot of guys on the U.S. men's national team. You're boys with a lot of guys on the Canadian men's national team. They play each other. Who are you going for? Honestly, I just enjoy the game. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I, I try to shout out both of them as much as possible. Like, because I have so many close friends on both sides. Uh -huh. um, obviously, I played on the, I was able to play on the U.S. national team with guys for longer. So, like, we have kind of, like, more of, like, a deeper connection. But still to the Canadian guys, like, they're still my boys. So, it's really hard when they play against each other. So, like, I just kind of just try to enjoy the game. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy the football. I'm not going to go for anything. Whatever happens, happens. Let them square it out. Okay. Respect. Uh, and then when it comes to your story, you know, you have a unique story. You started, you know, I don't want to say a little bit later, but it took some convincing of your parents to let you play. And then immediately from there, you just blossomed. So talk about your journey to how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So after we lived in uh, Canada, we moved to Florida in 2008. So we first moved to Florida, uh, Wesley Chapel. It's, in, it's a small t like town in uh, Tampa. Um, so I started playing like uh, competitive soccer for like a local team here called like Spirit. And like, that's what I really started to make a name for myself, like around like the Florida area. Um, but then I moved to a team called Brandon to like just get more exposure. And that's how I got kind of on the national team um, going through the ODP system, which doesn't like really exist anymore. But at that time, making the ODP team. So I went to like the state tryouts. Then we had the re uh, then we have like the regional tryouts. So like my class for 98 had like me, um, Lagos Kungo used to play in like MLS. He was playing for Georgia. Um, and then we, we had a really talented, like Florida team ourselves. Um, so then we went to Alabama for like that tryout. And then from there, I was able to make like the national team camp with like my region camp. So that was like the first ever like U14 cycle national team camp with like 80 kids. And like, I'm pretty sure like a bunch of us went pro from that kind of like cycle. So they say that kind of group was like one of the generational groups that kind of came along for us soccer, mm -hmm. the 98 age group. No, most definitely. And then, um, from there. Uh, you got to Philadelphia Union Academy. How'd that happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my story. So I went to Montverde Academy for one okay. year. So I played there for a year. So for folks that uh, don't know, I went up, tell so, them about Montverde Academy because I, I know a couple guys. Yeah, so Mont so Montverde Academy is like a private school um, in Florida. Now it's like a big academy that produces a bunch of pros, yeah. a lot of guys that are going to LAFC, um, some guys that are playing overseas in Sweden and stuff. So they have a bunch of kids from around the that come from around the world, like Africa, Central America, South American. So like I was playing with a lot of guys who were like Brazilian, who were older than me. So like the the original plan was after I went on trial to Arsenal, they were gonna keep on monitoring my progress, and they thought like Montverde might be the best option for me because I'd be playing with players who were like older than me, bigger, faster, mm -hmm. more experienced. Um, so that was kind of where like the idea came. So then I stayed actually I only stayed at Montverde for one year. Then I moved to Toronto FC's academy because I got an invitation from Thomas Rongan, who was the academy director at the time. So they really, really wanted to bring me in. Um, so th at this point, I was getting called up to both the Canada and the U.S. U15 national team. So I'd like swap back mm -hmm. and forth. But eventually, um, it was a decision to either go to Toronto FC's academy or go to residency for the for the first ever cycle. 
And then I chose to go to Toronto at the time. But then for some reason, my international transfer clearance wouldn't go through, even though I'm Canadian. I think it's because I was underage and like my parents didn't move with me to Canada. So then I ended up only staying in Canada for like six months. And then I was able to go to residency. Um, So I stayed in residency for one semester. And then after that, I I, uh, tore my meniscus. But then Philadelphia Union used to come to like our practices to scout players for their academy. And uh, Mark Prezant, who's like the head scout at Inter Miami now, he scouted me to come to the Philadelphia Union Academy because he was with them. Who was your coach at residency during your time? Uh, Richie Williams. Perfect. And then let's not Mm -hmm. brush over the fact that you wanted to try at Arsenal. Like, talk about that experience. How was it when they like saw you? Like, did they reach out to your parents? Did they like get in touch with the coach? How did that come about? And what was that experience like? So the story's kind of crazy. So like Jamaican families, like we have like these, like at the end of the year, someone in the family will always throw like, like a kind of like a party and stuff. And like everybody was like kind of word was getting around my family that like, you know what I'm saying? We have this upcoming soccer player in our family who's really gifted. So actually um, one of my family members, like my uncle had a connection to a couple clubs um, in, in England. So he was in England, um, he was an agent there for a little bit. And then, but he still had the connections. So he's like, yo, Raheem, like, I'm going to bring you on trial to, like, Arsenal and Fulham. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> of like, of course. So I, f- I flew over to to, uh, to England, to London when I was 14 my, by myself. Like, my parents drove me to Miami. We flew from there. Um, I remember my first day, like, it was yesterday. Like, we took, like, a taxi to, like, the, to, uh, the training ground. And this is the class. My class had, like, I think I was training with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Um, who else was there? Chuba Akpom was there who was with the first team for a little bit. Um, and then Gideon Zalalem was there, but he was already training with the first team. So he was already like up there. Also Joe Willick, who plays for Newcastle now, he was there as well. Um, Marcus McGuane was on Barca B for a little bit. So there's some ballers in my age group and and I did really, really well. So I remember my first day, um, I was playing I was playing like right wing, just taking people on with pace, just playing really well. And then there was a couple other kids on trial that same day who I didn't see the next day. So they must've like got cut. Um, so I was there for a week and then they moved me to my age group, the 98 age group. So like the first day, what they'll do to evaluate you is they put you in an older age group to see if you can handle like the, the kind of like the intensity and like, if you're playing in an older age group, then you can play with your own. Exactly. So when I first went over there, I was with the older age for like one day. And then I stayed with my age group for the rest of my time there. And then I did really, really well, but unfortunately I didn't have a European passport. So like the only way my parent, like I was able to sign there is if my parents moved to England and they're like, look, you're 14. Like you have a lot to still develop on. So it's like, it's better if we wait, if you wait till 18 and see what happens. But at the same time, it's really, really tough because it's like, that's four years of development that you're missing in that yeah. type of environment compared to the U S and at the time, MLS academies weren't, sh- it wasn't structured the way it is now. Like even a Moby could tell you, like sometimes signing a homegrown at the time was like a bad thing. Cause you didn't know if you were even going to get sometimes, minutes with the first team like the for time. the next four years. <laughs> so yeah, all the time. So it's, it was a really, really tough. Um, I really wanted to stay. I remember telling my parents how bad I wanted to stay and take the uh, opportunity, but I feel like it, I was really young. So at the same time, I kind of what, what advice would you have for a young player, you know, going on trial at that young age? You know, we're seeing it more and more, you know, young athletes, especially in America, going overseas and to try their trade. But, you know, to get that chance, what what did you do or what advice would you have? You know, you know, a lot of players playing overseas. Um to you know kind of set their mark or you know be noticed the first thing i would do honestly i remember the first thing i did was that i tried to reach out to gideon before like reaching out to a fellow american who's already there so you kind of have an idea of like the structure how it works what it's going to be like 
So I remember when I was first there, like I was, I was, I messaged Gideon. I was like, Hey bro, like I'm coming on trial. Like, what's it like? And he's like, Hey bro, like best of luck. Just play to your best, your abilities. Don't focus on the fact that you're Arsenal. Just pretend like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just a regular session and just be creative and do your thing. Cause at the end of the day, you're there for a reason. Um, They see something in you. They see a quality in you and make sure you show that quality. Cause it's like, I ha I knew that I had pace and I could beat guys one V one. So that's exactly what I went in there and did. Like, you don't want to change mm -hmm. the way that you want to play. So that's like the best advice I could tell a youngster is kind of just see if another American that might play at the club or in the same country, get some advice from them. Um, before every session, just try to mentally prepare, get integrated in the group. Like let, uh, let the guys know that you're there. Like let the guys be interested in who you are. Like let them know your personality. Cause that really helps on the field. Cause it's like, all right, this guy's really cool. Like I'll pass him the ball. I'll make sure he does well. Cause I've seen a lot of guys go on trial. It's hard for them to get on the ball. Like the players are kind of cold to them, especially in a country where you don't, where you might not speak the language. So I'd say, make sure your personality shows, um, off the field. That's very, very important. And the last thing is when you get on the pitch, just do your thing, be creative and just remember why you're there and show your showcase the qualities oh, that's that you great have. Advice. I think uh, a lot of people can heed that because whether it's, you know, going to trial overseas or even with the MLS Academy, um, this is what, you know, makes the difference. So obviously you came back to the States, you mm -hmm. know, you're developing in the youth academy system. You mentioned that uh, it was a different time then, you know, being a homegrown or being in the academy. Uh, so you decided to go to college. Can you talk about your experience both at UVA and Oregon State? Yeah, man. So college college was a crazy experience. I remember my first year um, at UVA, I was coming off playing minutes with Bethlehem Steel. So my first year, obviously, how college works kind of is like if guys are older than you, you might be just as good. But, like, they're going to play the older guys who are there kind of for, like, varsity for, like, four years. So, like, the college route um, to, to make it pro, obviously, is a lot more difficult, especially now. Um, I feel like a lot of youngsters are getting more opportunities to, to sign a lot earlier. So, and actually getting minutes right. in the league, that was a big thing. So, for me, when I was first going into college, it was like, okay, I could sign with Bethlehem Steel, but if it doesn't work out, then I don't have anything. So, I'll go to school, um, see if I could de develop in the next year or two, and then try to move on. So my first year uh, at UVA, I was kind of like more of like a super sub. They came me on to making an impact and stuff like that. I had a couple assists. Um, the second year was kind of like the same, like really like the first like 10 games of the season. I don't think I started any. No, I started one game and I scored in it. Didn't play for like the next four games. Um, and then I started starting um, as we got closer to the H ACC championship. So we played the ACC championship against uh, Wake Forest when they had like Ima Tumasi, um, John Beccaro uh brad brad dunwell like they had some guys who are either playing in mls or like scotland or usl champ very solid team we lost in the final and then um we got upset in the tournament that year so then my third year was coming around um and that's when i decided actually i went to europe for a little bit to play um I actually signed for a team in switzerland at the time and that's when i left uva to sign there because um, at the time, my scholarship wasn't as, like, good as I wanted it to be. And, like, at the same time, my my uh, my dad also got diagnosed with, like, a form of cancer. So I was kind of thinking, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's time for me to, like, move up and start to, like, play in a professional environment to develop and, like, start to kind of take care of my family at the time. That was my thinking. Um, so that's when I went to Switzerland for, like, three months. But then I couldn't play games there because they said that I, I, did, I, uh, I wasn't a European citizen. So they didn't tell me at the time when I signed. And I couldn't play any games. So then I went on trial to a couple teams in Denmark. Um, I went to Randers, uh, Hobro, and uh, Viborg. 
they didn't they didn't really work out either and i came back home in january of what is that january of 2020 and i tried to get my eligibility back because i didn't sign with the agent at the time so then i reached out to jeff cook who was my academy coach at philadelphia union and he's a coach at penn state now and i was like look is there any way for me to get my eligibility back this is the situation um he talked to his compliance officers and they said look it's going to be very difficult but you could try so first what i had to do i had to get my release from uva and at the time they weren't really feeling it because they're like yo this kid signed pro he signed with the agent yada 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 they weren't really trying to have me come back so then the whole case went to the ncaa it took like four months for me to get a verdict and then i ended up committing to oregon state so they're doing all my stuff because terry boss who's the head coach was my assistant coach at virginia so he brought me to virginia um so they had like a whole entire like um case on me and then if i uh, for that season in 2019, sorry, it was 2019. I got suspended for half, like half the season, so I could only play 10 games in my in my junior year. And then the next year, I was eligible to play the whole season. So then I got, I played in like the last like nine games of the season because we didn't make the tournament that year. But I had like a goal and an assist, like I had an assist against Stanford and a game winning goal against Cal. Um, and then yeah, so then that that year ended. Then 2020 came, and then that's when COVID happened. So then we didn't have, yeah. I didn't have a senior year. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a crazy long story. ACAA crazy. You too. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's like I I didn't have a senior season at Oregon State. And then the 2021 MLS draft was coming up for that year. So like even though there wasn't a season, they were still trying to like draft players that year. So I thought everything was going to be cool and I was going to be able to get drafted regardless because even my my resume was different. Like it was a little bit inconsistent, but people could already like tell from my background, like, look, this guy's a good player. Like he was in Europe, like he played on the youth national teams, like he was scoring at Virginia. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there might be some tools to work with. Like even if a team took like a flyer on me and picked me in like the second round or something, like at least that would be an opportunity for me to prove myself. Um, Unfortunately, like for some reason, like three days before the draft, the agent that I was working with was like, yo, Raheem, like for some reason we're having difficulties putting you on the draft list. And to this day, I, I, I still don't know the answer to why they wouldn't put me on the draft list. I have my theories, but like, I can't really say, but, um, but I wasn't put on the draft list for that year. Um, so it was unfortunate for me to not get drafted. It was really, really disappointing. Um, and then I went on trial to enter Miami second team for like a week, but they were kind of focusing on like the youngsters that they were bringing up as well. And then I started to have, so I played a year of PDL, like just getting ready for any opportunities. And that's actually like around the time with my, when my cousin actually died from suicide. So I kind of took a step away from the game, started focusing on some like other creative advent, like ventures. And that's kind of how, where I got to creating hyphenate from that, just kind of like using my cousin as motivation to start something different where I'm still working in the soccer space, but I'm not necessarily playing, but I still have an influence in a way. And that's exactly how I wanted it to be. If I wasn't going to play the game, I 100% yeah, want to be committed to it that's, off the that's field. That's really important. And thank you for sharing because that's uh, something that is very tough to deal with. Um, a great segue as we mm-hmm. talk about hyphenate, but real quick, I just want to ask you straight up. If soccer, like if a team were to call you right now, would you consider playing? With like, it depends on the league. Like in the team, like are we talking MLS? Do you love the game? (laughs) I mean, I I love the game, but it depends on the opportunity as well. Like, if it's a, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, like it has to make sense because I'm at a point now with my company where things are really starting to like go up. So like you're sacrificing some things now. So like if you had asked me this question maybe six months earlier, I'd have been like a hundred percent. I'll take anything. 
but maybe like but or like a year early like a year like a year ago if you asked me around that this yeah. time i would have signed anything man seriously like i was desperate to be a pro i just wanted one chance one opportunity and i didn't really get it at the time and like i started i kind of stepped away started focusing on my family like had to be there for them and then i started working on our first event which was really really successful because we had like 35 guys from mls come to our first event and hyphenate didn't even exist yet so it was like I saw the potential and I saw people supporting and I was like, oh, okay, like we could be onto something with this. And like, that's kind of like where we're at now, how much it's it's built o- even over like the past yeah. six months because Hyphenate just started in January. Um, but honestly, it's like sometimes I do miss the game. Of course, like I see guys that I played with. It's, it's difficult. Like you see guys who, who you played with growing up your whole entire life. You're competing with them. Guys literally at the game when I went to the Chelsea Arsenal game, guys are like, yo, Raheem, like, why are you playing right now? Like, you were in, yeah. like, you, you, you're good enough. Like, you should keep on going. And, like, you think about it, like, yeah, I wish. But, like, obviously, it depends right. on the opportunity that's presented to you. So, it really has to depend, you know? Like, if it was an MLS team tomorrow, 100%, I'm going. But, like, if it's, like, if a, if a USL team or, like, MLS next and, like, they're not going to really give me an opportunity or, like, financially, nah. if it doesn't make sense, then it's, like, it's very difficult. There's a lot of things, a lot of variables to consider at the age of 24 now, like, I'm not like a 19 or 20 year old anymore. So I'm still young, but it just depends on like what kind of no, role the definitely. club would see for I feel me. Like everyone has I look at all the details. And obviously uh, your journey is your journey and uh, condolences to your family um, for the reason why hyphenate started, but tell us about what hyphenate is today. Of course. So hyphenate is a creative, like a creative company where we do like different projects. So we do events, um, like art shows and fashion shows. We also do like, we also work with like fashion brands, bringing them to the US to kind of show their clothing as well. We also do art. So we work with artists to kind of like sell their art and like we take a commission and we, we're we also starting like up a podcast and like we have another idea for like a bunch of stuff within like the fashion space and just kind of like, we also do curation for like other fashion projects. So like if a company comes to us and is like Raheem, like we have um, these this clothing or like we have this idea. Could you kind of help us curate the scene or set up an event for us? So we, we help with like a lot of like the creative, like behind the scenes stuff for a lot of companies as well. And that's what we're working on right now. So that's, so we, we do like a bunch of different pathways, a lot of creative projects, kind of just like a creative company that just could do everything. And um, we like to have an emphasis on mental health awareness. So what we do is like whatever events we have or like whenever we sell clothing and stuff, a portion of proceeds go towards mental health awareness in honor of my cousin. So it's also just like a great way of just no, continuing his about. legacy it's through like, my own work. Uh, impact behind your mission. And um, definitely, obviously what you went through, what your family went through and, and you know, you creating a company that um, builds that, that's what it's all about. Can you, can you, can you talk about like mental health in sport? Thank you, you brother. Know, I appreciate did you that. deal with any mental health? Um, in sport and any advice that you have, you know, from a mental health perspective, not only for any athlete, but just any individual that may be going through something like, like your cousin. I remember, um, like the first time I really started to feel kind of like mental health in regards to sport was my senior year at Philadelphia union. Like, um, I wasn't getting a lot of minutes. So like at that point, it's like when you're an academy player, so, football's your whole life like a movie could even tell you guys like when you're at yc academy you wake up in the morning you go train you go to school for three hours then you train again and it literally you go home you do your homework and the game and the day starts again you on the weekends you have academy games so like that's your pl- that's your place to kind of show the staff um show the academy director like look you might be ready to be a prospect to be on the first team so 
it's a very competitive environment. You're playing with like 18 of some of the best guys um, in the country. So my team, Mark McKenzie, Matt Real, Austin Trusty, like guys who are going to Europe playing on the national team now. And it was a very competitive environment. So your senior year and I wasn't playing that much and I was really down on myself. You're away from your family. You're only 17 years old. Um, and, and, and it's nice talking to your mom and dad on the phone, but like when you're not living with them consistently all the time and like you get really down on yourself and all, all the time, like if you make a mistake in practice or you make a mistake in the game, it just kind of sticks with you because you're just you're, you're a youngster. Like it's going to stay with you. You don't really know how to manage things yet. You're not like mentally mature to handle that. So for me, when I wasn't playing a lot that year, I was really, really struggling mentally. I remember telling my mom and dad, like after that Christmas break of that year, I was like, look, I already committed to Virginia. Like I want to play for an academy back home. Um, but then what happened was I ended up going back to Philly. Um, and then I, my coach, Jeff Cook, actually brought me up to the Bethlehem Steel uh, with a bunch of other youngsters. So like me, Trusty, Joey Desart, we all started playing with like Bethlehem Steel. And that's when I kind of started just training with them consistently and, and playing games with them. So I was one of the first academy prospects uh, to play in a game for Bethlehem Steel. But it also just shows the ups and downs of a, of a, of a professional athlete. You could go from the lowest point where you don't think that this is going to be it and you're ready to be done to all of a sudden you're playing at a level that was far beyond that way you could even ever expect it a couple months ago. And that's that's kind of the beauty of the sport. And that's like the difficulties that we face. It's like at one moment you could be here, the next that you're all the way up here, it just – you just got to stay with the ebbs and flows. And, and I kind of learned to kind of just mentally mature enough to kind of manage those ebbs and flows in my emotions, um, like better, like really just improve myself as a person. No, and you learn definitely. from experience and you no, learn from that's, growth. That's great advice, you know, for any individual, not only athletes, like there's going to be ups and downs, but you got to have your support system and you got to have like that kind of vision ahead. Um, so let's let's get back into hyphenate. You know, I think 100%. you kind of took the you took the Instagram by storm this these, these past couple of weeks. Uh, you had you had you had the stars, you had the stars of the summer at your yeah, at man. your art and fashion show. So talk about the show. Talk about how it came to life and you know some of the yeah. things that made it made it come made it made it come to life. Yeah. So kind of like how it how it began was from last year i'd say so last year around september i actually got the opportunity to uh just stay with christian um Chris, christian's house in london while he was playing for chelsea at the time he had like an injury so me and my me and my best friend terrell kind of lived with him for like a month and through then i started making a lot of connections with people kind of net networking with people in the uk networking with a lot of players um it really really helped because as we came up to our first event um, which happened in December of that year, it kind of gave me more ideas and more connections and more people to work with. So then when Hyphenate started in January, I took another trip to the UK. Um, and then Zach Steffen had like a foundation yeah. and they were having like a, a collection come out with like Voice Now, um, his 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 foundation with One Football, which is like a really, really big like football app. They have like, I think like 5.9 million followers on Instagram. So one of my friends is close with Zach. And like, I remember talking to Zach a little bit as like when I was really, really young. Um, but he was like, yo, Raheem, come to the show, network, and, like, meet a lot of people in the UK. So that's when I met with Zach and came up with the idea for his brand to kind of be an art fashion show in Miami. Um, and that's how I made that connection. And then also, I also got a bunch of, like, other, like, upcoming streetwear brands um, within, like, the United States. So I used Mark McKenzie, um, Matthew Hoppy, and Chris Richards, um, who are all three, of, all three of them good friends of mine. I love them, man. Like, those are, like, my bros for real. So they kind of helped with the project, bringing up brands on board, kind of saying, like, look, my friend Raheem's having a fashion show. Um, look, you guys should, like, kind of just, you know, 
give it an opportunity, like yeah. let them speak to you guys and maybe you guys could be there because we'll be there like in attendance. So it was really nice of them to like kind of be a part of my project and invest their time and effort because obviously they play in Europe so and they play for some of the biggest clubs in the world. So for them to even just take a couple hours out of the day to just, you know, recommend brands to me, put me on, like that meant the world to me. So making those connections between like kind of my soccer and like into my business is really like how I how the beginning of it kind of started. And like that's the connection that I, I'll always have to the game. So then we started bringing like a lot of brands on board. Then it was just kind of bring, telling the players like, look, um so actually we scouted a day so we knew june 18th was the date after the Concacaf nations league that all the players would be off so i talked to a lot of the players and i was like yo like what weekend are you guys gonna be off so it was like the perfect weekend so like everybody was in town there was also like a charity game so like vinicius jr ronaldinho everybody was in miami that weekend so it was just perfect timing so then everybody kind of just came for the event or was in Miami within the space. And literally, like, when we had our event, we had a bunch of guys from the national team come. Um, even Chris Richards brought Joshua Xerxy, who also played on Bayern, had a bunch of guys in the NFL. Uh, my friend who was in the NBA, Kyle Guy, who now plays uh, overseas in uh, Barcelona now, he sponsored the event. So, like, we had just had a really big connections to a bunch of different sports, to a bunch of different creatives within, like, the fashion and art space. And it was just an incredible event, man. Just an incredible you, experience. You, you being I'm just Kyle Guy so was grateful it? that we were able to put it all together. Okay, that's what makes sense. I was like, hey, you know, okay. Oh uh, yeah, I was there. Yeah, so we were we were friends. So we're friends after first year. So yeah. me, I'm good for um I'm close with him, DeAndre Hunter, who's on the Atlanta no, Hawks. That's, that's amazing. And, um, Talk about Ty Jerome, you know, when plays it comes on the, to relationships, on like, uh, the importance of relationships mm -hmm. when building a business and networking and different things like that because it's easy to be you know associated with athletes, especially as an athlete yourself um it, it kind of looks down upon like oh that's just his friend but it's not like you're actually building relationships so talk about that mm -hmm. so i feel like from a young age i was always just able to just build these relationships and just cons consistently grow these friendships i think when i was younger it was just more of like out of just like you know what i'm saying i was just mm -hmm. always an outgoing type of person like guys would always come to me they felt comfortable with me just talking to me all the time and seeing those relationships develop, like I didn't know Christian was going to end up being who he is or Weston or Tyler, or any of these guys. It was just genuine friendship. Um, and I think that like that's the best way to start it off is just like doing cool things with like your friends and, and just developing genuine friendships and relationships with people. Because I feel like we live in a society now where everybody's on social media, everybody's on their phone and having direct maintaining direct contact having good conversations and good relationships is something that's very rare nowadays especially after the pandemic and stuff like that a lot of people are more reserved they're more like introverted so me like i don't really care who you are like i'll, I'll go up to anybody strike a conversation bro like anybody like and, I'll, and especially if it comes to football it's like at this point i know so many players that like it's easy to have a conversation and, and really take it from there i don't even talk about business opportunities at first it's kind of more like oh like how's this or like I know a lot about the game or like a lot of different sports and stuff. So I'll bring up something that they know about and be like, Oh, like, you know, this person. And like, that's kind of how the conversation starts going. And then if you strike a mutual interest, then, you know, it's like, okay, like maybe we could work on something. So it's like, it's more like having that relationship first and then who knows, mm -hmm. it can lead to something that you guys are both passionate about that you guys both want to work on. But for me, the most important thing was having at the beginning, just having that support from my friends to begin with, from like a friendship level, those relationships that I've developed over the years and just having them support me, um, it just meant a lot for them to just even come out and just uh, just support me like personally. So I'd say for like people who are trying to maintain these relationships and build relationships with people is try to build genuine friendships without like 
trying to ask for something or do anything at first, that will always come in the conversation. Cause you guys, if you're going to talk to someone, it's most likely that you guys have something in common or something's going to bring you guys together, but let the conversation flow. So I always let the conversation flow and we always have something to like, kind of just level off of, and then go, we go from there. So that's how I take a lot of my Perfect. business. And so what's um, next for like hyphenate? friendships what you guys and relationships and how I build them at first, uh, you know, six, five months left in the year. What are some big goals to close the year out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're actually working on a couple things. Um, just like, helping a couple, like staying within like the football community, um, potentially working on some like big projects uh, that are coming up within the soccer space. Also some like lower, lower leagues, like the USL, UPSL kind of developing them. I mean, like, I feel like from a grassroots level, we could do a lot better in uh, like trying to embrace the soccer culture from like local clubs and local communities and trying to, you know, like influence the culture to like little kids and kids who are like looking up to these guys at like the local level. Cause at the end of the day, not every state or every city has an MLS team or a USL championship team. So these UPSL teams and USL teams who are in places like El Paso or like places with no, with no like uh, MLS team close to them, they have the, the duty to kind of develop the so- soccer culture and to kind of elevate the kind of pool of players that we could select from. So for me, it's like we're, we're trying to work closely with like some of like the lower leagues and like from the grassroots level. We're also planning an- another event. So 100%, y'all need to come out to the next event that we're planning out. Y'all going to do it um, during Art Basel or what? December that we're trying to set up. So, um, so yeah, so we have a couple things that we're definitely trying to work on. So we were we were thinking about doing one during Art Basel, but we're mm-hmm. also thinking about doing one in L.A. Mm-hmm. So kind of building that connection to, like, the West Coast. Because we had two in Miami already. Um, so we kind of want to switch up the scene and kind of just, you know, elevate to, like, a different side of the country and kind of just uh, bring kind of everything together. So we're looking at moving things to L.A., uh, also, Miami is an option, but we definitely okay. like to look cool, cool. Um, in December. And so what's Miami one thing that you do you know, to get more of us in the sport? Us being, you know, young black uh, men and women in the sport. Like you talk about culture, you talk about grassroots, which is all great. What's one thing that you, you think is missing in, in this in this game today? Mm. I feel like I feel like we've developed a lot actually in terms of just developing talent to like be in MLS clubs and be in the game early and, and kind of have pathways. I feel like we need to do more in like um, inner city communities. Um, I think black star initiatives doing a lot more with that. And I'm trying to develop hyphenate to kind of partner and do more things in regards to that. I know that we just started and obviously like, more, like that, but we want to have, I want to influence like the next guys, like the next young black kids who are trying to like look up or like Latino, like soccer is just a worldwide community. And there's, I feel like there's still so many players that we're just missing. Um, I think it just has to do with the fact that the United States is so big. We don't have clubs that cover the whole entire country like England does. Like the culture is always going to be there because everything is just so close together. It's easy to scout a player. You hear about them. Whereas if you find a young black kid from Utah, like how would anybody even know where this kid is going to be at? So I feel like from that level, it's kind of like we want to we want to work with like lower T, like like the UPSL or like stuff like that to kind of influence those kids who play on those teams in like faraway places that they have a pathway and just bringing them in and just growing them in uh, uh, up, enjoying and loving the game. Just growing up and just loving the game of football, I feel like it's very, very important. Even when I was growing up, I just loved the game. I just wanted to kick the ball around and 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 just play every single day. And a lot of kids just kind of just need that kick and be like, okay, like I want to just, I just want to be a professional soccer player one day. Like we need more kids who just want to be like, look, I want to be a pro. Like I want to be a professional soccer player. And I feel like 
um, hyphenate can have that platform to really, really make that happen. All right, well, let's get into some some rapid fire stuff. A couple of fun questions here. All right, so <laughs> fact about yourself that most people wouldn't know. All right, sounds good. A fact about myself that most people wouldn't know. Oh man. <laughs> Sheesh, I feel like my whole life is on the internet. Like, so many things. This is it's difficult. What fact do you guys I know you got something. Huh. I feel like I feel like most people don't know that, like, I'm actually a big basketball fan. So, like, I don't really just, just watch soccer. Like, I'm a fan of, like, many other sports. But I'm actually really, really into, like, just, like, basketball and, like, the basketball mm-hmm. culture, learning about the players, knowing what's going on, like, I'm a really, really big fan of that. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, also, like, I, um, I'm i actually, like, what's funny is I actually, like, write down jokes and stuff. Like, there's, I actually want to, like, do, like, improv, like, like telling jokes, like, stand-up comedy. So a lot of people don't know. Like, sometimes I, like, write jokes on my phone and my notes and stuff. Because I'm, like, one day I'm just going to, you know, do, like, a comedy special just for, like, fun. Like, at one of my shows, just kind of tell a couple jokes before, like, at the ESPYs okay. or something. Okay. So a lot of people don't really know about that. Like, so I, I, I like, I like comedy. Set. You got a favorite comedian? Okay. Huh? Yeah, Dave Chappelle, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I still got like see. I think I got season two, season three on tape, like on DVD. Right. Like I used to watch it when I was a kid. I don't even know why right. I was watching it as a kid. I shouldn't uh, so, have, but you know, it was hilarious. Fresh off of, not not officially retired, but you know, you fresh off of fresh off of being a baller. Um, also moving into the event event art fashion music space what's on your pre-match playlist mm. my pre-match playlist i listen to a lot of gunna um i'll listen to a lot of like Lil uzi sometimes sometimes i like to throw it back i'll listen to like a couple like um like i'll listen to like a couple like r&b like artists from like back in the day and I like to just kind of switch it up, really. But, like, mostly I'll listen to, like, Gunner, like, Lil Baby or something, get really, really hype up uh-huh. for the game. Uh, I also like, you know, like, some Playboy Cardi. Like, I'm like, I, you know, that's my gen. Like, I, I like those are some artists all that right, I like. Right. So I like so, to listen to that before the game. Hyphenate is doing a lot really in the fashion space, art space. Will be a dream collab or client. Yeah, or client. My dream collaboration uh, or client, um, I would love, I would love, love, love to uh, actually, I would love to work with ASAP Rocky, mm-hmm. 100%. Because I feel like he has the great mix of like music and fashion and just being multi-hyphenate. Like the name hyphenate means like, hyphenate means like, you know, being involved and like being good at like a variety of different things. And I feel like he's like a multi-hyphenate human being. Like he does fashion and he does music and he's very, very creative. I think if you put dope, me and like ASAP in the same room, we could come up with something right, crazy. Last so that's one. definitely so someone on your five-a-side team? If you had to create a five-a-side out of all your homies, all your <laughs> soccer playing homies. We're not trying to, yeah. we're not trying to get you in trouble. No, it could be anyone. <laughs> yeah. But... Out of all my homies. So only the people that I know. People, the people, yeah. All right. Do both. The people, you know, it could be anyone or only yeah, the people all time five-a-side. We can do both. Okay. All right, so this is going to be attacking. So I'll do so the people I know, I'll do Weston, Christian, Alfonso Davies. Uh, how do you want to lay it out? Yeah, how do you want to lay it out? I need a goalkeeper, do I? 
You know, this is. Yeah, you got three right okay, now. Okay, I'll do. So, I'll, so I have three. Um, I'd put. I like Tejon Buchanan. I'll put him, okay. and then okay. for for some defensive cover, cover, Sounds I'd probably fine. do Chris Richards. For sure. And then for that, I don't know. Um, I'd put Mbappe, um, Messi, uh, Ronaldo, center back. I would have, I would have just defensive cover. I really, honestly, the player that I really, really like really as a center back is Rudiger. Like when I was playing, when I was, when I was in England, like he really, really impressed me in person. So I like Rudiger and I also throw in surprisingly a player that I really, really enjoy watching play is Kovacic. That dude can ball. I play Kovacic. Oh. Which is surprising, huh? Yeah, he could ball. Like he's he's actually one of my favorite center mid, central midfielders to watch in person. Like I think he's so smooth. He never loses the ball. Like he's good at what he does. And like I'll just play him in the middle and just have. Yeah, I, I love Mbappe. Like that's my favorite player. Okay. Um. So yeah, um, I definitely have him. You talked about different brands. You got a favorite brands? Like if you got like top three brands. Yeah, hundred percent. I really, really, um, I like uh, my favorite brand right now is like I really like Bottega. They have some really, really dope stuff coming out right now. Um, I also like uh, like on like the low key like fashion side of things. I actually really like a lot of the brands that we're working with right now. So for example, we work with like um, Turbo Market, Joshua Muhammad, like Kit Boys. Like I really, really like the up and coming like streetwear brands. So. I really, really support, I really love supporting like those upcoming brands that a lot of people don't know about. Cause like, I feel like a lot yeah. of people can rock designer. Like you're going to see every professional athlete, like, you know, they'll still wear the Balenciaga, the Louis Vuitton, the whatever. But when you see guys wearing some like underrated drip that not many people know about, like I know like Mark McKenzie and Chris Richards and like Matthew Hoppy, like they'll wear things that like a lot of people don't really know about. And that's why I really liked working with them. Cause I saw that they really had like fashion sense they weren't just wearing like the the very yeah. very expensive brands. Like they were tapped in with a lot of like low key streetwear brands that not many people knew about. So I really like kind of brands like that. Or like if a brand's like Yo Raheem, like we want to send you some stuff. Like I'll rock their stuff. Like I've been rocking a lot of uh, the stuff that have been uh, of brands that have been in our fashion show. So I really like w- being able to like work with them, but also represent them in my own way. But I'd say like from like a from a big like from a designer's perspective, I really like Bottega, um, and I really really like. I like Balenciaga stuff. They have some decent stuff as well. Um, Louis Vuitton, when it's not too much, mo- I don't like monogram stuff, so I don't like too many symbols and stuff like that. I like okay. keeping it simple. Um, but last, like, yeah, I really last, like also uh, like a lot of just underrated streetwear brands. Off season spot, you know. I see you. You was enjoying Miami a little bit, you know. Uh, <laughs> Miami, L.A. Where, where's your off season spot? You know, the, you. Oh my days. Okay. My off-season spot, 100% Miami. 100% Miami um, in an underrated spot that a lot of people don't really know about. No, Toronto. you man. Hey, hit, hey, hit, hit my line offline because like, I'm, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going to, going to, I'm going to Carabana this too. This week for like Carabana, which is like – Yeah, I'm going big, to Tur- yeah. Uh, Toronto. I'm going uh, – I got yeah. the red eye. Yo, so, oh, if you're trying to – you want to Carabana. Down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can keep up you're with me lying. though. I don't know if you can keep up. All right, so then we going to link up. So, all right, yeah. I got to – like – what you mean? Yo, I got, listen, I got a dinner on Friday at nine. So either you be there, be squared, but we can start right from there. So, um, yeah, I, I love Toronto. Up, so me and the yeah, we going to be out there on this weekend. It looks like. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll link, we'll link offline for sure. 
That's crazy. Need that content. What? <laughs> I most definitely. Yeah, for sure, for sure, hundred percent. We'll link hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred. Nah, we need that content out for sure. I have a um, okay. and um, yeah, we have really I have good. like a I have like a little dinner that I'm having with a couple guys on the Tor- on TFC and stuff. So you definitely got to come through. But um, I love. I think I think Toronto's dope. I love going yeah. to Miami because it's just like everybody goes to the yams in the off season. Like everybody's there. It's easy for everybody to meet up. Mm. So when we were there for our past event, like I remember the Wednesday night, we went out to the spot called Komodo. So it was like me, Haji Wright, um, Chris Richards, um, and all the homies, like we went out and then all of a sudden, like the whole club, like kind of just yeah, starts looking in happened. this one direction. So everybody's <laughs> like, yo, what's going on? So we look, Kareem Benzema comes in, Beanie comes in. Edder Militao comes in, Ronaldinho comes in. So it's like, I'm already with, it was me, Alfonso Davies, Tejan, Sam, Adikube mixed with like the U.S. guys. So like, I kind of integrated both of the squads together. And like, it was pretty hilarious because uh-huh. I remember Sam, Adikube put like two Dosa Zero on like the iPhone because like, you know, they beat them in qualifiers in Canada. So like, you know, they were like kind of, you know, doing some banter and stuff in the section and stuff. Yeah. But then we went over there and like we met, that's how I met Vini and like all those guys. Like that's how we did the TikTok video together. So it's just kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're in that environment where you're all, all the ballers, football's bringing you all together. Like you're going to, you know, ch- chop it up. And like, we might not speak the la- the same language like as well. Like I try to speak Spanish to Vini and like Militao and stuff, but exactly. everything kind of just, you know, when it comes to football and just like dancing and like everything that's, that's popular in football, you guys could just kind of get along. So it was really, really dope experience, yeah. man. How like football just from around the world just brings all of us together. Like even at the highest level, everybody just hangs <laughs> out together. I know you got some stories. I got some stories, but we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it low key. But yeah, uh, for yeah, the man. folks that want to tap in with you, Raheem, yo, yeah. it was a pleasure yeah, to definitely. get your story. Pleasure to see what you're doing. Not yeah. only you know connecting the yeah. football culture to fashion, but what you're doing in mental health. Uh, how can people tap in with you? How can people support Hyphenate? A hundred percent. So our our platform um, on Instagram and. TikTok, it's hyphenate creative co. Um, no spaces, no, no anything, just hyphenate creative co on both Instagram and TikTok. Our Twitter is hyphenate co. Um, and then you can also follow me on my Instagram, Rahimovich underscore. So that's kind of like my personal page. And even on my personal page, the hyphenate, um, the hyphenate name is in our in our in my bio as well. So if you want to go from there, that's how you could kind of find the hyphenate page. And if anybody wants to DM me or message me, you know, I'm always here to answer questions. If there's any brands that want to work with us and stuff, like I'm always trying to make connections, man. So I appreciate you guys so much for having me on the show today and just being able to talk to you guys kind of about my career and what I'm trying to do and just amplify my voice and what I'm doing. It just means a lot. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, no, no most doubt, definitely. Man. I appreciate you coming. I'm going to tap too. in offline for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. L, but you take it away. Yeah, so that's our show for this week. Subscribe, rate, and review helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents Show, Two Cents Two Cents FC Show. Um, then tweet us your comments about the show, um, any topics you want us to discuss. Until next week. Bye.